What's up, people? This is You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time, and probably the only podcast that is not sponsored by Casper Mattress or Rocket Mortgage. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> it's been a very, very long time. See, Dad, you don't listen to enough podcasts. You don't realize how many podcasts have the same sponsors. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> Especially if they're on a, if they're all on the same network, you hear all the same ads in all the different shows. It's kind of funny. Um, how's it going, everybody? It's been a long time. We are back again. <laughs> We're doing like one episode a month right now. Yeah, we need to step up our game a little more. We're going to try to step this up This has our been game throwing everything off so much, it's so hard to do it. I feel like I'm yeah. working like 16, 18 hours a day sitting at my laptop and- I'm not available to do this kind of stuff until like 10 or 11 at night. And at mm -hmm. that point, I, I have no energy to do anything. Right. So right. it's uh it's been really, really hard. But I wanted to pick something that was a little bit different today. So a lot of people will probably criticize me for picking the song and picking tonight. But I wanted to use it as <laughs> they an example. They criticize you for every time we do one because no, you're picking I've, some some out of the, the box stuff, which is so But here's fun. the thing. I, I want people to appreciate songs even if they don't like them. Right. And this is one of the, like, this is a song that I don't really like, but I, I appreciate it. And I wanted to find a recent example, a, a recent song that can be used as like the example of a near perfect pop song. So quintessential pop. Song. Like if you're going to write a pop song and it, it's going to be a hit because it hits every beat and it makes, you know, you, you're you're just going down the checklist and you're nailing every requirement for a hit pop song and it's inevitable that this song cannot not be a hit. Now, define pop song in your mind. Well, we'll get into that when we when we talk okay. about it. But right. I think I narrowed it down and the song that I'm choosing to talk about tonight, believe it or not, is What Makes You Beautiful by One Direction. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So <laughs> oh, see, I told you, it's it's I, not like, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe they're talking about that song. But like, <laughs> we're going to look into this because this is almost the perfect pop song when, you, when you're looking at the formula here. So, um, you know, we'll get into that a little bit, but what, what are you doing tonight? Well, first off, I have a different appreciation for One Direction because in, you know, past years DJing, high school, middle school, elementary school dances, you got to play One Direction. So in a strange right. kind of way, I probably played and listened to it more than you ever have. Um, oh, I'm sure. And, you know, it doesn't change my love or, or hate, you know, for them, but um, I can appreciate it. I can appreciate this stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's, like I said, I'm not going to say I really like this song, but when it comes to pop music, it's really, really good. Yeah. So we'll get into it. But I want to hear about what you're doing it's too, because structure. we haven't, we haven't discussed our songs before yeah, tonight. It's, so. it's structure. I wanted to compliment, I knew you were going to do a poppy song stuff, and I didn't know what it was. So if anybody out there listening, a lot of times um, we'll try to surprise and shock each other. I mean, sometimes it'll be like, hey, what song are you going to be doing tonight kind of thing? And we share, but sometimes it's also, where did that song come from? Like, it's not unusual by Tom Jones or something like that. And <laughs> I fall And I, I didn't do it's not unusual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what, Delilah, excuse me. Excuse me. And then I fall out of my chair, you know, kind of thing. But knowing that you're going to do a pop song, I wanted to do something that was going to have like a harder edge and stuff. And, you know, I don't want to be the old guy, keep going back and doing all the oldies. I was thinking about doing some contemporary stuff that I'm really into lately. So I went back halfway to my high school graduation time, which is right around mm. this time of year. Alice Cooper, right? Tell me it's Alice Cooper. Um, it could have been. It could have been because um, Welcome to My Nightmare was also released, I think, in 75 too. So that was oh. that was my, my life, you know, as Alice Cooper and- Jethro Tull and early Aerosmith and all stuff. But when this album hit, everyone in the world, but especially in Massachusetts, loved Boston, the band Boston. Mm. So I'm and I'm not going to do more than a feeling because, you know, one direction and more, you know, more than a feeling in one podcast, we'll never have anybody listen again kind of thing. So, <laughs> so I'm going to do rock and roll band. Which okay, I wasn't sure if you're going to do foreplay a long time. I was considering that too. I like that too, just because- That's pretty overdone. I bet there's a lot of podcasts talking about that song. Huh? Well, um, I just think rock and roll band is, uh, I mean, it, it's funny because it kind of would probably fit into the category of structure in the same way of a pop song um, because it's very predictable. It sounds really cheesy, the words at least, um, now. But back yeah, then, it's, back, uh, back it's then fallen it was good. In, a lot of Boston music has fallen into a little bit of the cheese, but still kind of like, it's like, yeah, that stuff's kind of cheesy, but we still recognize that they're kind of, at least here in New England, they're yep. still kind of recognized as rock and roll gods. So it's not and, and at the time, too deep into the cheese. At the time, they were they were a way different sound, and it was really right. exciting. So, um, 
So we can, yeah. you know, we'll listen to it and then, you know, I'll, I'll do my cheesy reminiscing and, and all that, but then we can <laughs> kind of break it down stuff. Some really killer guitar work and the genius of really two guys who kind of put that whole band together. Well, let's do yours first since we okay. did, uh, we did the struts first last time. So let's do your song first. That was fun last time. I really liked that time when we had her on and stuff too. That was, that was good. The last, uh, the last episode we yeah, did. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And we are planning on having some more guests on down the road. So get excited about that. And if you want to be on the show as a guest, Go ahead and email us, notlisteningpod at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at YNL Podcast. Nice. So go ahead and head to the Spotify playlist or click the link in the show notes and listen to Rock and Roll Band by Boston and come back and we will talk about it. So that had to be <laughs> a new thing. Like, yes. The crowd. Sound effects yes. in the background yeah. is you don't hear that in seventies rock and roll. No, maybe. No. Well, you do if it's Kiss a live did version. That. Of something, Kiss right? did that. Right. Kiss did that because they probably had to, but, <laughs> at least in the beginning and yeah. at the end and a little bit in the middle. But oh, watch out! There are people who are diehard Kiss fans that will, mm, will fight I you. Know. Yeah. I know. Kiss no. has a. They have a, a storied career. You can listen to it all about. You can listen all about it on the She Will Rock You podcast. It's very interesting. Yes. <laughs> Barry Goudreau, everybody. No, 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 no. Tom Schultz. Tom Schultz, everybody. Pa- Barry Goudreau played on other songs on the album um, because oh, of he didn't play this, but not this particular one. Tom Schultz, who played like f- ten different instruments on the song, everything but drums, and Brad Delp, who, who sang. So mm-hmm. it's basically three guys that put it together in someone's basement. And the the again, nineteen seventy five. All of a sudden, this thing hits the airwaves. Everybody has to go out and get the A track so you can play it in your car. So, you know, here we are. I graduated high school in 75, showing my age now. Driving to the beach in my 1969 Chevy, you know, Malibu with this song cranking. I mean, this is the ultimate sing along with all your, your buddies and air guitar along while you, while you, I mean, right out of um, Bohemian Rhapsody out of Wayne's World, you know, yeah, in the car. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's a, it's, it's a, and at the time it was considered hot rock, alt rock, and hard rock because it was well, very I very think, different. I think people who are not super familiar with Boston they they know more than um, a feeling, more than a feeling, and maybe they'll know foreplay a long time. But yep. I mean, those are obviously the two biggest songs. Yep. You know, anyone well, don't who's look a fan, back, you know something. Uh, yeah. Anyone who's a fan of Scrubs knows more than a feeling. Yep. And um, this song. The guitars are so much heavier than that. Yes, and it's faster. I mean, I mean, he's he's doing the tapping, you know, the neck tapping in the beginning there. Yeah, it just sounds like it's it's it sounds a lot. It sounds a lot more rock and roll than something like more than a feeling. So people who are familiar with Boston but maybe don't know more than those couple songs may be surprised when they hear this. Right, right, that heavy. But then you hear the voice and you hear the chorus and it's like, oh, that's so Boston. Right. And I see, I was more drawn to this song. Like, I really yeah. dislike a lot of middle of their career and late career Aerosmith, but I really like early Aerosmith, like Mama Kin and some of that stuff for the same yeah. reason, because it was heavy, it was rock, uh, and it was straight ahead. And that's yeah, what once this, big this ones came out, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. That's, exa- that's like right around the time, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Check, done, yeah. 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 And so, and that, that's why this, you know, the same thing when you first heard Meatloaf, you know, um, right. play Bad Out of Hell or something like this with the screaming guitars and stuff, like, what is this? Same mm-hmm. thing when Boston hit, everybody jumped on, on board with that, especially being local, you know? Um, yeah. And the, yeah, the I wonder ironic- how much of an impact it had across the country. Oh, I think it was big. I, I, th- I know more- it was big, but, but, you know, I don't know. I feel like back then it meant something more when, when, a, an artist broke out and had really good stuff and they were from your area. Right, right. You know? Um, I think Obviously, I don't remember. Na- <laughs> nationally, I don't either. You ever see the movie Days and Confused? You know, that's what it was like when... Days and Confused was pretty much my high right. school Right, well, I actually want to talk about that in a, I, I want to talk about that in a little bit, so... But so, I want to hear what you have to say about this song but first. Just but the, I, the, the, I think more than a feeling was more, uh, more of a national thing, which has got, got them the play and everything else. But um, this song probably... Yeah. Didn't have the same kind of attention. Locally, it did. And the ironic and funny thing about this is, you know, about a, the, the struggling band playing all the clubs and, you know, playing for a week in, in Rhode Island and, you know, dancing in the streets of Hyannis and everything else. It's all yeah. a myth. It's all a myth. 
they never they they had never played live and they got noticed um, by by you know it wasn't like they were in a in a club and and the guy with the big fat cigar and drove the Cadillac car came up and said hey we're gonna sign this band it's a myth and he said he wrote the song with the idea of of all the bands in the area and and uh, the drummer had made reference to like yeah he used to play in bands down in Hyannis and all the bands trying to make it trying to get discovered he said I'm gonna write a song about that so <laughs> it's kind of a mythology about you know what would it have been like so a lot of people might think it's kind of um you know semi-biographical but it's not at all it's a myth that never happened that way that's really sad uh, yeah i know it's really sad it's really sad for all the bands <laughs> well, who did that and right. i speak from experience i did that yes. i played every club in rhode island in, in providence <laughs> right i i played a bunch of clubs in in south shore and and in yep. boston you didn't play you know dance in the streets hyannis but you, that was next probably so yeah. it's re- yeah but but we played the uh you know the beachcomber in Yep. South Shore. So, like, yep. it's, yep. you know, yep. it, it's and, really and you sad. Were the, you were the, to, the uh, but you guys were, were the, uh, the the band for the hard rock for a while there in Boston. You got to, so. you know, you got to think of from from the bands that are doing that and they hear those those lyrics and they're like, yeah, yeah man, we can do that. Like, that's the inspiration. <laughs> and then you find out later, like, yeah. that it's all yeah. Yeah. bullshit. It a, and- yeah, it was, a, it was a song written about doing it, but they didn't live it themselves. <laughs> oh, right? that's so right. sad. So, and, and oh, you know, I have, feel so bad. You know, I have connections. I mean, besides Kingston 530 that, that you lived at and everything, um, you know, I, I have other connections with other local bands stuff. And this could be their theme song of mm-hmm. some of these other bands that really were on that circuit. You yeah. know, someone paid attention, all of a sudden they get noticed and you have a little bit of success. It's back and forth and all that. It's a grind. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But I think- it also speaks to the, uh, the the real thing. I mean, nobody picks up a guitar with their buddies from the neighborhood to say we want to become rich and famous. We just want to play music together. So that's well, the people who pick everybody. up guitars and say we want to be rich and famous are the ones that stop playing the quickest. Yeah, they're the ones that can't can't cut it. They they don't. Well, and if you have success too early and and too much, your head gets full, and then all of a sudden you, you forget that you have to work at it. Right. So, you know, and that, that's always been my argument with, with bands, you know, are you music, musicians or do you want to be rock stars? And there's, right. there's a difference with that. So I, I just think, yep. I think the whole premise of the, the song is interesting because, because of that. I think, and you know this technically more than I do, I think Tom Schultz pulled every guitar, like, shtick and lick and and specialty thing out in that three and a half minutes that he could well, put in it's, there. Well, it's segments, you know, right? Of, he's got he's got the tapping in the beginning. He only does that yeah. for a few seconds. He doesn't yeah. go back to that tapping in the beginning. And then a lot of it is just that that steady the steady riffs. And it's it's almost like he's just going up and down the scale, which, which is, you know it's which yeah, could be the background for hundreds of songs. I mean, I, if you if you take the, the lyrics out and you just listen to that guitar and the background stuff, that is kind of the soundtrack of a lot of songs of that era. Well, the vocals is what makes this a Boston track. Right. The vocals is because their vocals sound exactly the same in every song. (laughs) I mean, obviously not exactly the same, but you know. And he's got got the range to be going. He's got the range and he uses it almost exclusively in some some cases. And then they use all the same harmonies. And uh, the harmonies that you hear on the choruses and the ends of the verses in More Than a Feeling. Yep. Are the exact same ones that you hear in this. They use the same. It's like country music, you know. Country music uses the same. Every single country song, I'm going to get flack for this. In my opinion, every single country song uses the exact same harmony structures in the chorus. And it's the same thing with Boston. They all they use all the same harmonies. Yep. And it's usually it, like the second It's half, a formula. The second half of the second verse, they'll throw that harmony on, right? <laughs> and it's like that's <laughs> that's Boston. And so that's how you know that it's them. You're yep. right. You take out the vocals, that could be Kiss. That could be Alice Cooper. That could be any of those bands from it. And the thing that they hit that, 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 that a guitar that a guitar driven with, well, that's with the vocals the on top of it, right? And that's right. why I wanted to talk about Dazed and Confused because Dazed and Confused, has, if you're into '70s rock music, that has one of the best soundtracks oh. of any movie ever, and in um, a wide range of music too. It's not just one genre, yeah. Right, but the majority good. of them are those are yeah. those guitar driven stuff. You hear Fog Hat and you hear Fog Hat, yeah. Alice yeah. Cooper. Do you hear? Do they play? I don't think Boston is in is on that sound. I don't think so. It's in that movie. I don't but think so. It's all that kind of stuff, and um, uh, they do this thing, and it must have just been someone must have done it in the seventies, and then everybody copied it, and Boston <laughs> does it quite a bit, and it's that what what song is it? What's that? Is it Edgar Winter? Yep. Yeah, free ride. Free ride. Yeah, free ride. Rick. Is that Edgar Winter? 
Yes, Rick Devinger wrote it and played on it, and it was, it's uh, Ed Quinta. Yep. Right. So in that song, Come they do this. They do this thing ride. between the verses where the guitar and the drums, the guitar and the drums, they they lock in together, and it's a and it's in like every seventies rock song, and it's in this song a lot. They have yes, a lot yes, of short, quick little breaks where, like, they'll stop and the guitars with you, know, and like yeah. little things like that. Well, but, using but the guitar almost, as a percussion instrument, almost. And there's so many breaks, little kind of fills. It's like a guitar fill. I mean, it's like a drum fill, but instead of a, you know, it's a, and the guitar matches it. And it's like that. It's funny because I bet if you go through. The soundtrack for Dazed and Confused, you'll hear that in at least three to four songs. <laughs> really? Okay. Um, and so the one that it really that really stands out to me is the Edgar Winter. Yeah, the free ride. Yeah. Um, free yeah. ride because it's I mean that's a part of the verse. And it's really prominent. But I just I want to say right here. I want to say right here as a dad, I'm really proud of you that you know about Edgar Winter and you appreciate Edgar Winter. That riff is. That riff is amazing. I can't get the sound to play that riff. I no, and it's funny because Ben, our guitarist from the band I played in, he is an absolute amazing, yes. absolutely amazing guitarist, oh, unbelievable. Crazy. And thing. I played that for him. He hadn't heard that song before. And I played it for him. Really, he, really. He figured out that riff by ear in like like ten seconds, and he was just yeah. rocking it. And I was like, oh my god, yeah. I can't even get, like figure out how to get the tone right on my amp for that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> shout out to Benny. Yeah, yeah, really but, good. Oh man. And if anybody hasn't, go. It's not just don't just listen to Free Ride and Frankenstein by going to listen to the catalog. Go deeper into oh, it. Oh yeah, unbelievably good band. Like a, a band composed of and brought together of musicians. Right. Because a lot of bands, if you think about it, they're, they're started by the you know the, the local guys in their neighborhood or the, or the town or something like this. They're friends. This was yeah, they're friends. This was started. Need a bass by, player, so get Stevie a bass and yeah, yeah. You know, I don't play bass. Out, you, you do now. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you got was, it, let's, so. Let's pull together songwriters, musicians, and really accomplish, which, again, in the 70s wasn't being done a lot. Like this song, Boston, and, and the whole concept of the band Boston, was in a basement recording studio. The guy who started worked at Polaroid up on 128, and on, on the nights and weekends, he would go and, and, and record. And it's really three guys kind of playing the, the tracks and laying them down, and not really even playing live until all of a sudden, like, hey, you know, we got to get out there and support this these songs or this album, and let's put together a band. That's when Barry Goodrow comes in, and 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 Sid Hashem and all this stuff that they they create a a band on the road. Their opening song, rock and roll band, almost every concert that they played. Yeah. So it it's it's kind of it's morphed in a almost backwards way from that. Mm-hmm. You know, so we talked about that a little bit too with the Heartbreakers. Yes. How it's just a a group of really good musicians that can just lock in. Yes. And just pump out hits because and, and, you're that good. And to have a band like that is you're gonna have the, the sustainability, you know, yeah. because people are gonna appreciate that and, and not just uh, look at it as a one hit wonder kind of thing. And then one other thing I wanted to well, two other things I wanted to mention. One, um I mean the crowd noise at the end is unique, but it the, the all of the, the reviews and everything say that it's as accurate as it probably can be. It I was thinking it was mastered than really, really well. Yes, um, rather than just the, a canned thing like a you know laughter in a in a nineteen seventies TV show in the background, it it wasn't that. It seemed like it was actually legit, right? And I brought up Kiss because I know I know that Kiss has done this in a couple of their tracks, and it it, it it's very obvious that it's a sound effect that they pumped in, yeah. Um, because the mix wasn't very good. The mix is really good here. By the end of the track, it sounds like it's a recording of a live show, right? Right. Uh, and it's just they got the presence right. They got the audio levels just right. Where you know it's sitting in back of it, but it comes back to the forefront yeah, when it gets yep. quiet. It sounds yep. they, it was mixed really, really but, well. Whoever again, did the production th- on that, you think of the story of it, of you know we're we're a band, you know we're playing dancing streets of hyannis. Yeah, um, that band that they're talking about doesn't have crowds that sound like that. Right, right. I'll tell you but that right do, now. <laughs> but they do at the end because they they were they were um, discovered. Now they're getting they're signing contracts with that guy with the Cadillac and stuff. You know, so well, the crowd, it's just that, the the crowd sound effects kicks in at about a minute thirty. Oh, it's early. Okay, that's right. That. That's right. And then yeah, it, yeah. and then it dies out, and then it comes yeah. back. So I don't know. Uh, you know, I would need to listen to it again closer to the lyrics. But when we were dancing in the streets about. of Hyannis, everybody knew our name, so they might have had big crowds like that. So <laughs> maybe that's it. You know, I read an article once. I don't remember who it was. It may have actually been Brian Fallon, who I know we bring up a lot on this show, but it's because he's my favorite musician right now. My 
my inspiration for a lot of musical stuff that I do. But, you know, someone asked him, like, how do you how do you make it in the, the 2010s? How do you make it as a musician? And he said, this is what you got to do. You got to you still have to do the grind. You start in your own city when you can go to any club in your own city and draw a hundred people. He said, you get a hundred kids to come to your show, right? Right, right. If you Friends can, and family initially. If you can yeah. reliably bring a hundred people to a show, to any club in your own city, then you start looking outside your city and then you're in your region. When you can reliably bring a hundred people to any club in your region, then you can play anywhere in your state. When you can bring a hundred people or 200 yeah, people yeah, yeah. to any club in your state, then you start to get noticed. And right. then when people, because then more people are talking about you. So right. then you start opening up for bigger acts. They start talking about you and it, it grows from there. But you have to start very small. You have to start in your hometown. Right. Like you have to sell out the church community center in your town. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you mm-hmm. can start playing at and high school dances at, and at high school dances, and then yeah, you can start and, playing at, at the club in, at the club in the next city over the one you know the movie right. theater that has a stage. And then when you get a hundred <laughs> people there, then you'll you'll get permission to play at the bigger. And so it's like that was a really interesting way of doing it, and and it's like kind of the story that they're telling, which is kind well. Of cool. And again, I know we bring up Ryan Fallon, but we also bring up Kings to Five Thirty, the band you're in. Start with the college crowd, got a really enthusiastic following. Share, go to clubs. Get some airplay down in the Providence area. All of a sudden, you play in um, Lulu's. Is it Lulu's? The name of it? Lupo's. Lupo's. Lupo's, which is the biggest club in Providence. You know, and and filling that. And now you're at the Hard Rock in Boston, and and, and it's the grind, and you have to put the work in. Right. And we did it a little differently though, because we were all athletes, or most of us were athletes. You know, mm-hmm. about well, I guess about half of us were athletes. You you were very competitive against. We were other competitive, bands. but what we what we did was we entered every battle of the bands that we could see, any big right. big time battle of the bands to, competition. To we went in noticed. there with the idea that we're the we're the returning state champs, and we're gonna. It's all a competition, which is just a horrible way to play shows <laughs> it's it's not the way to do it folks if you're in a band and you think that you want to just go play all of these battle of the bands and just win 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 it's fun at the time that's not the way to do it it's not the right. way to create good lasting it, relationships with other musicians and good friendships they will come along but that is not the way to do it because the way to do it in my opinion looking back hindsight's 2020 create a community it's, it's about putting on a really really good show and yes. if you're the opening band, if you're looking at the other bands as competition, then you're not going to put on a good show because you're going to want them to not be as good as you. Right. Which means that you don't want them to be as good as they can be. Right. And right. Th- it's all about putting on the best show for the well, audience and, and is, having fun when you're doing it. Isn't that always the argument too, that I don't care if there's only 10 people in the crowd, I'm going to play like they've never heard it and like there's 410 people. Or and that's how we did it. And that's right. how we did it right. because it was a competition. Even if we were the only ones playing, or if we were headlining, we didn't mm-hmm. we we didn't consider it a competition. If we were headlining, we considered it a competition right. with ourselves. There's only eight people in the crowd, but we're going to blow the roof off. Right. Um, and we, but I, it's also I remember because be, we had being in that crowd once in a while. Yeah. Those eight people. <laughs> it's it's because we had so much fun playing together. But yes. we thought that the way to get noticed was to keep winning competitions. Trophies. And get so trophies. we were, and it and it, it worked a yeah. little bit. Yeah, we definitely got noticed. Those, yeah. We definitely yeah. got noticed. We definitely got more gigs out of that stuff. We got some well, promos then, and stuff. Then you're opening we, for you know the Gin Blossoms and Creed and right, right, and but Edward McCain and yeah, yeah, right. But ultimately, looking back on it, I had more fun just playing the shows right. than I did winning the competitions. Right. So right. being with your buddies. So yeah. there's you know there's something to be said for both of them. Battle the bands are great. They're fun, and if you win, they're a blast, and you usually get yeah. some fun prizes. But you know it's. It's about putting on a really good show. Yes. And this is and way being, off track. Yeah, I know. I'm being true to the music too. So last last thing on my my song um, is as I was, again, prepping for this, I uh, did some research and I, I threw on a YouTube video with the, um, the lyrics. <laughs> and since 1975, as probably a lot of people have done, I'm singing the lyrics wrong for all well, of these yeah. years. So at the end when it's saying- We were just another uh, band out of Austin. Texas, Austin, right. right? I always no. think Austin. No. no, I didn't make that mistake. At the end, um, when I thought I was going to say, it was saying something like, when we see you up in Carnegie Hall, you're going to be a sensation. I figured, oh, that's kind of cool. They, you know, they got the chance to play. You know, they, the story continued that they all went all the way to Carnegie Hall. 
And it's not that at all. What does he you say? Know that, you know what that at the end? That, when you hear it up at Carnegie Hall, you're going to be a sensation. Yeah. Rock and roll band. That's like the last, the okay. last uh, verse. Not Carnegie Hall. When you hear us on the car radio, <laughs> you're going to be a sensation. So since 1975, I'm screaming, Carnegie Hall. <laughs> Hold you know, me closer, Tony Danza. That's right. 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 So, yep. Cool oh, that's whip funny. in my cool whip in my hair kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, so I love that. I love that when that happens. It's yeah, funny, it's like, like oh. when you sing a song a certain way and you realize that you don't actually know the words and you've just been singing gibberish <laughs> yeah. for like twenty years easily, and then you yeah. learn the words and you're like, nope, I don't like that, and you just keep singing it the same way that okay. you always did. <laughs> Something I learned about a year ago, and it just never occurred to me. Even though back in the day when you get a, an album, you know, you open yeah. up and you look at the lyrics and you you learn them and what. Thunder Road, okay? First couple lines of Thunder Road, say, say it to me. Screen door uh, slams. Mary's dress waves. Mary's dress sways. Oh, come on. Sways. And there's, there's on, on Twitter, there's a big, if you say waves, you know, you don't know Bruce and you, you're not a real fan and stuff. And for like, I mean, I Brian Raymond, one of my best and, and oldest friends from, from middle elementary and high school, we played elementary basketball he's a listener shout out brian what yes. up yep uh you gotta get him on here too he's he's a big music guy introduced me to springsteen we drove in my no excuse me in his 1972 duster i think it was or was it maybe the trip we made in my 1971 maverick hooked up underneath the the uh the, the seat our own little um homemade uh eight track player he said, you know, whoever's driving is in control of the music. Well, he's playing early Springsteen. Like, what's the, and the, the other three guys and myself included, what's this crap? We don't want to listen to stuff. By the time we went, to, to, drove to Florida and back, like we were all Springsteen fanatics and stuff. Right. That, so, and that was even before Boston. That was like 72, 73, 74. So, Mary's Dress Sways. Uh, well, we'll talk about that song. I know. Soon. I know. Soon. That song's so again, coming up. Get excited. Lyrics. So that was the last thing I wanted to say about Boston stuff. So I thought, and again, I, I love that song because I, you know, the heavy guitar, the the air air guitar that I'm still, I was playing while you just played it now, um, and I've been listening to it all day. Been walking around the house like a maniac. If anybody looks in the windows, like what's that guy doing playing air guitar? It's well, just a lot of that, that stuff. <laughs> it definitely sets the sets the stage for other bands. To, I mean, if you listen to a band like Avenged Sevenfold, they're hitting a lot yes. of the same beats. It's just heavier distortion and faster yeah. speeds. Yep. Um, but which was new. Which was new. I think the thing with Boston that it was innovative. Right. You know? And it's, I mean, if you listen to Avenged Sevenfold right now, you're not going to say, oh, that sounds like Boston. It doesn't sound anything like Boston. They're like a speed metal vampire band. But, <laughs> right. they, but right. um, they're hitting a lot of the same beats. And, the, and a lot of those licks are based on a lot of the same fundamentals that Boston right. is using um, in this in song in this and, song and, and other songs that you hear out of the set. Yeah, and I'm sure Boston didn't stuff. didn't invent it, but uh, no, absolutely not. Here, without of course you know, without questions, so. because you so that, you can hear songs from the 40s, 50s, 60s where people shred and it, and everyone hated it, <laughs> and it right. just and it wasn't right for the time. But people right. have been trying to do that, and it broke out in probably the 60s is when it started getting. Once you started right. getting fuzz pedals in the 60s, then it started. Well, and like, once I think people got a little more innovative and um, freer with the way they would produce and and, and um, put music out. Oh, well, once radio was liberated as well, yeah. which is another yeah. story. But Hello, FM radio. Thank you very much. When yeah. AM radio, you know, kind of went away. Yeah. So that's sure. it. That's my song. You want to ask me the big question? Yeah. Who's who would you have? Uh, oh, two questions. What's your favorite part? <laughs> Carnegie Hall, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's see. No, uh, certainly the uh, the opening. Yeah, you me know, too. The, the 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 screaming down the the neck of the guitar. Yeah, the guitar tapping. You know, you know that kind of. Thing. Um, yeah, I mean, you need and that. Then the, and I like the story. You know, again, I, I think of some of you know the, the, my friends who have been in bands, and you know, I, I make reference a lot to the, my friends, the Stompers and stuff. Like this could be them. The, when when they were when they were playing out and stuff, every high every excuse me every college, they they would draw crowds of thousands and thousands of kids. You literally dancing in the streets of Hyannis, like everywhere they went. Stuff this could this could easily be their story, or you know, dozens and dozens of other bands' stories too. So I like the I like the idea of it. Maybe the myth of it. Yeah. Um, question and two. Yeah. Who? who would who would you want to hear cover this song? Think of the voice. Okay. Okay. Van Halen with Sammy Hagar singing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sammy Hagar's voice, maybe, yeah. and the guitar playing of, of Eddie Van Halen. 
kind yeah. of thing, you know, and and the straight drumming and, and wouldn't sound too different. No, no, I think they different. would they would it would be heavier. Yeah, uh, and I and I think I'd uh, I'd really like to hear that, and maybe even faster. I, I can see them just smiling on on stage, like I like that we're covering this song by Boston kind of thing. So, can you think um, of anybody else who you see that you, you could envision covering it? I don't know, Alice Cooper, guitar band. Not not Alice Cooper. He wouldn't. He could Alice Cooper's band with a different <laughs> singer. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't pull off those vocals. Well, no, not too many people could. I mean. No. He'd pull them off in his own way, but it wouldn't work. But yeah, yeah. So that's mine. What do you got? Yes, I am <laughs> doing One Direction. <laughs> we just talked about such a cool song, and now we're talking about One Direction. <laughs> <laughs> All, you can't see me, but I'm just just looking at you, smiling. That's uh, okay. Okay, convince me. Go ahead. No, my, I mean, my, like I said, my Delilah. Like I said, oh, sorry. My goal with this is not to just say, look at all of this music that I listen to. I'm cool because I listen to this cool music. Right, right. I want people- Like Billy Ray Cyrus. To understand why music that they think is is not good is actually good to some people. Because if you've heard it, if it's popular, then people like it. And you need to respect that and you need to understand why. You don't okay, need to so understand why, but if you choose to understand why, then you're a better person. <laughs> so you're setting the table for this one. Go ahead. So, well, no, I just, you know, I, I think a lot of people, when they see the, that I brought Billy Ray Cyrus on and, you know, you make fun of me all the time, but like this is, this music is important to someone. It's the, it's the purpose of the, of the podcast. Right. It's important to someone. Now, wait a minute. Is that in the same way that you made fun of me last podcast with my Prince song? I didn't make fun of you. <laughs> I didn't make fun of you at all. I said, it's not, I said, it doesn't do it for me. Okay. It doesn't do it for me. Um, that song. That, I, I love Prince, but that song doesn't do it for me. And yeah, I laid gotcha. out the reasons why. But yes. Okay. All right. You're off the hook then. I'm just saying, when you listen, when we when we talk about these cheesy pop songs, when we talk about, um, well, it, I'm sure it, we'll get into some really emo punk stuff. Yeah. And the lyrics in the one that we just talked about with Boston is cheesy. Yeah, right. right. When we right. talk about... Really, really hardcore stuff. I'm sure that'll come up at some point. I got some of those on my list that are really, really heavy and screamo stuff. People need to understand that you might not like it, but this music, somebody needs this music. It means something to somebody. This is really, really important to some people. In this case, Mm -hmm. One Direction, this band, this boy band, this pop music, this is really important to the 14-year-old girls that were crazy about them. They were in love with these guys. Like this, This music was very, very important to them. And mm-hmm. so let's look at why spread like wildfire. Okay. What makes it a great song? And let's go listen to it. Go to the playlist or click the links in the show notes. Listen to it. Come back. We'll talk about it. What's the song? It's called What Makes You Beautiful by One Direction. Okay. Let's go down the list, shall we? <laughs> Adorable teen boys who are good at dancing. Yes. Check. All good looking kids who can dance. Innocent, positive message that... Any mother or father can get behind. Check. Check. Catchy guitar intro a la Grease. Check. Attitude-ish voice kicking off the first verse. Check. Walking up and down the scale for pre-chorus. Check. Killer harmonies. Crazy hook in the chorus. Right, right. Check. Check, check. Tight synthesizers. Check. Great break uh, three quarters of the way through the song where the entire crowd can get together. That's what I'm saying. And sing along. Sing along yeah. section. Na, 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 check. Wait, say that again. Na, 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 check. Yep, clap along. Mm-hmm. Slow breakdown where you sing the first part of the chorus. Check. Right. End that breakdown with an epic section where you yell the last part of the chorus. Check to to kick to kick back up the the, the tempo, correct? And then continue yeah. to sing the chorus three times in a row, continuously adding more over the top vocal embellishments every time. Right. Check. Right. End on a solid, you know, finishing of with a hard stop with no stinger. Check. Yeah. This is the yeah. perfect pop song. Yeah. This yeah. song is Good this point. song is is the perfect pop song, and it's. Yep. It's really freaking good. It's good. It's good. It's kind of good. Yeah, it is kind of good. It's really good. You know, I think a song like this sometimes gets lost in the hype. But it didn't. People forget, people forget about the song because they think about the band. Uh, yeah, it's true. Who may not, you know, oh, it's not cool to like One Direction. And I mean, you're certainly not going to 
be seeing a lot of people cranking this up if they're not a 14-year-old girl. No, but think about this. Think about this. So when was this song out? the song itself was good. When was this song out? 2008, 9? When was that out? I don't know. I have it. Hold on. 10. 2010. Okay, so. And you know how they got together. Yes, it was uh, X Factor or something, right? One of those. Yeah, seventh season, I think, of X Factor and and, uh, Simon Cowell. They all individually. Now, again, this was the. This is a story. There's a part of me that thinks like, yeah, this is a setup. This was supposed to be like this from day one. Um, they were all supposed to be individuals who didn't make it past the next round. But Simon in his infinite wisdom said, okay, I'm going to put you guys together, mm. create a band, and and then have them compete as a band, killing it. He signs them to his record label hmm. at a cool two mil or something like that. It's convenient. Debut song, this one. Right. Well, I have the story behind this song, which is interesting. I guess they were really trying to find a song. Like, they they weren't actually happy with a lot of it. It was written by Savan Kotecha. I'm not sure how to say it. And Carl Falk. And it was actually, the music was, instrumentation was completed by a couple of the same guys, the producer and and one of the writers. Um, And I guess the writer was like, you know, He's one of those guys that just pumps out pop songs, like just writes pop okay. songs. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I guess he was with his wife uh, and it was his wife had one of those moments where she's like, oh, I feel so ugly. And he's like, no, you look beautiful. Like, you don't know how beautiful you look. And then he's like, don't do anything. I need to go write a song. And, <laughs> and he was like, that's perfect. And I guess they finally, they called up, who was the, uh, Harry Styles is the, the lead singer in that, right? Yeah. They called yeah. him up and sent him a demo and stuff. And they were like, all right, we got it. Like, finally, we got a yep. song like this is going to be the one and they knew right Styles from the get-go is a talented dude oh my too. god yeah talented, talented dude, dude. Um, yes for sure don't look past this guy just because of of how he got to where he is he's right. really really right. good yeah, um, talented. so that's kind of fun like you know i think a lot of people think that these songs are a lot of them are just dialed in which they are a lot of them mm-hmm. and maybe some of them are even written by computer programs but mm-hmm. you know it's kind of cool to think like this song has a history and this this was really important to those guys they were kicking off their career with this Right. So big big deal. And it had legs. It wasn't just, you know, hit and it and it slowed down. So think about two thousand ten, all the people that were song. crazy about this in two thousand ten. Now it's two thousand twenty. Maybe a couple of years from now too, you know. They're twenty four. They're twenty four, twenty five, going to a club, this song comes on, they're gonna go nuts. It's like when people <laughs> in my that. generation, if I if you go to a club you hear something by NSYNC or Backstreet Boys, everybody goes crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you know I know. And that's DJ and, and DJ and I would always kind of rely on that stuff. Yeah. Depending on the age of people, and it would always slay, yeah, kill people, always. Yeah. It'll always, and yeah. even the people that didn't like it when it was out, but know every word because it was on the radio all the time. Yeah, when they're fun. ten years older and it comes on, they're just gonna have so much fun with it and just love it anyway. Right. So, like, right. you know, this music is important to someone. Um, I just want to keep reiterating that. So, I want to read some of the stuff that uh, from. I always look up just the Wikipedia page on these songs because they always have some. Not always, but a lot of times they have some interesting uh, notes about the composition and stuff. And so I just want to read through some of this stuff, what it says on here. What Makes You Beautiful is a power pop song with electro pop influences. Running for three minutes, 23 seconds, it's set in common time. This is what makes it the perfect pop song right here. Set in common time, 4-4, uh, with a tempo of 125 beats per minute, written in the key of E major, following the chord progression E-A-B, which is just, it's as basic as E get. Yep, three chords and the truth. That's it. Yep. Uh, it's been compared to the chord prog- the the chord progression has been compared to La Bamba, La 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 Bamba. The opening guitar riff has been noted as similar to Grease, Summer Nights, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, guitar based mm-hmm. chorus, which I only heard synthesizers. Mm-hmm. I didn't really hear guitar in the chorus, but like uh, someone likened it to a cross between Pink's "Raise Your Glass" and McFly's "All About You." It also contains cowbell instrumentation, and the middle eight consists of a oh na 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 hook. Yeah, making it the perfect pop song. See, I was going to say Pink. That was what I was going to bring up. Mm-hmm. Very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pink pumps out pop songs. I think Pink doesn't like pop music, but I think she pumps out pop songs because she knows she will make all the money if she does. Because she's <laughs> smart and a good musician. Yeah, she's got an unbelievable voice. Yeah, we talked about her before. Go back and listen to the episode where we talked about the song mm-hmm. with her and Nate Roos. Um, just yeah. give me a reason. That's that's our most popular episode. So, is it? Um, well, yeah. besides yeah. the first episode, the first episode is yeah. very popular because people yeah. listen to the first episode, decide it's trash, and then stop listening. But <laughs> the people that stick with us, that's our next most, most popular episode. Yeah. yeah. That's a Goosebumps one. Yeah. That's so- yeah. 
I mean, not a lot to talk about it. I just really wanted to get a song that I could use as an example of, you may not like this song, but you need to understand why it's, it's important to good, others. why it's important, and why it got so many damn plays well, on the radio. And, <laughs> and I, I would hope that in 10 years later, in 2020, that anybody who really has an um, appreciation of music in general could go back, you know, and we always recommend throw on a really good set of headphones and re-listen to this with an, with an open mind. Yeah, and it's a killer um, dance song. I don't care who you are. If you're at a wedding to, or you're to, at, a, right, at an event and right. it comes on, you're just you're going to dance because it's fun. And and people are going to be pumping that fist yeah. and going crazy. And again, uh, referencing back to the DJ stuff, not as much, you know, at um, college formals and stuff, but, you know, I would do elementary dances with, with their, with their uh, right. I bet you could play, their, um, I bet you could play their, this at a college formal now. Right, right. Or as a throwback. Maybe in a few more years. Yeah, as a, on a throwback. Um, but high school, elementary, middle school dances, 400 kids, even the ones who didn't like it, it wasn't cool. I mean, some of the boys would like skulk off to the side like, oh, I don't want to like these guys. But would sing every song, jumping up and down so the whole place is, is moving, pumping that fist, mm-hmm. knowing every word. Yep. Yeah, and yep. so, you know, there's a lot of... There's a ton of music podcasts out here, and this is not what I'm about to say is not a reflection of any of the music podcasts that we promote, that we are friends with. Or this is not the case. It. I mean, there are literally thousands and thousands of music podcasts out there. Hundreds of and thousands. And a lot of them, and I don't associate myself with these ones because they, they don't they, they, they don't sit well know, with me. So I you won't ever hear say. us talk about it. The ones that you hear us talk about are not like this. So please, guys, don't come after me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a lot of podcasts out there where they 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 focus on classic rock music, and they focus on hard rock music, or they focus on hip hop music, and it's like these are not music people; these are classic rock people, right? Like they have zero appreciation for anything that's out of their right little they know bubble and, of, and what they, of what they genre like. What, only. Like they listen to ZZ Top, and they'll listen to ACDC and Guns N' Roses and like Poison. And if you come anywhere near me with anything that's country or anything that's pop or anything that's techno or anything that's punk or whatever, like, get out of here. Get out of here, amateur. You don't know what you're talking. You don't know anything about music. Right. right. And it's like, well, right. screw you. This is a really good well, song. You just don't understand why. And so you, you don't, like those, you, you and, don't give yourself the chance to understand. It. I hate being the guy that's like, you're not a music fan. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm, right. I'm the music man. I know everything. That's not true. Right. But- I don't like it when people are so quick to say that's garbage. Yeah. And to me, Close-minded. when you, when someone hears a song and that I have listened to closely and I've thought about and I've, I've spent time with it, even if I don't like it, but I, I understand it and I appreciate it. And they just say, Oh, that's garbage. That song sucks. Like, you, you know, I can't believe you're playing that or you're listening to it or right to me right. that screams ignorance. And I know everyone has their opinion and I'm going off on, on a tangent on a soapbox, but mm-hmm. This is the stuff that bothers me, and this is why I wanted to start this show. Right. Um, and I felt It'll like so I needed to have right. a really another really bubblegum pop song because I can come on and talk about how awesome, you know, I don't know. Tom Petty is. Yeah, I can talk about Tom Petty yeah. all day. I can talk about Bruce Springsteen. Right. I can talk about how awesome Aerosmith is. Um, mm-hmm. And all the people that love Aerosmith and all the people that love Tom Petty and Bruce Springsteen are going to say, that's awesome. All right, good job. I love, I love that podcast. Yeah. Right. right. But if I can get those people to say, you know, that One Direction song... I don't like, I don't expected. like it, but yeah, get it. Yeah. That's that's a win. Yep. yep. So well, I'll, I'll get the, off my the, soapbox now. I just I No, no, no. Know. The the idea is cuz there's, there's also and and again, I'm new to to podcast world compared to I know you've been you've been in it for a while. Music ones especially. I thought you were going to get on the road of there's a lot of people who are very pretentious as well that, you know, we know the chord progression of this and is blah, 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 and, you know, all the technical aspects of it. And we're always the first to say we're not experts in that way, but we know what we like. We want to share some of the ideas about other songs that we hopefully will have you start to pay a little attention to. Um, but there are people who just will look down their noses at, like, you know, you know you're not really talking about, you know, the tempo and, and like, no, we don't want to do that. But I think well, I don't think that's. I think only, that's some uh, of there the, are some people that are close-minded because they only want to kind of talk about their own genre of music. There are also people who just figure that they are the musical experts, which we never, you know, claim to be. Yeah. That will look down upon this as saying, "Oh, that's a soft little podcast and it's cute," but you know, I don't. We don't talk about 
one direction oh my god no. how we would never do that you know no no we're we're coming at this from music lovers as music lovers because i know a little bit of music theory just from being a musician and playing you know i played in bands in high school and college um not just rock bands i played in concert band and, and marching band mm -hmm. and stuff so i i know mm -hmm. some music theory but I'm studying it right i was studying it for a little while before I, I dropped that minor but that's not why i did this i did this because i i listened to enough music close enough that i I start to understand it in certain ways, and I think it, that re really helped me see the world in a specific way. And I think it, I, I, I realized at some point that other people don't listen to music the same way that I do. And so I wanted to right. share that. That's why right. I did this. Um, and I've had a lot of experiences where people say, oh, you like that song? You're not, you're not a fan of them. And I'm like, I'm yeah. listening to a song by them. And that means I don't like them. Like I don't understand like the the the, the pretentiousness there. And and right. that that happened specifically with a, a Dave Matthews fan that I, I was friends with in college, and it really really turned me off and really kind of pissed me off <laughs> in a way. Yeah, you and you don't like Dave anymore because no, of that, I like or? Dave. I, I I like some Dave songs. I like yeah. a lot of the songs that were on the radio. And then I got one of his yeah. albums one that came out in like two thousand eight or nine. I bought that album. Cause it was the biggest deal that whole year that that album came out and uh i like every song on it. it's really good but i had you know they put, gave me control of the microsoft zune <laughs> and uh i was like oh dave matthews and i just picked a song that i liked and it happened to be one that is i think it was the space between like oh this is a good song i like this song let me put it on yeah. and she flipped out at me like the real dave matthews people don't I listen to i can't believe you would put this song on you are not a dave fan what what are you doing get wow. it like turn this crap off and i and i was like wow. a it's a dave matthews song so i don't understand that concept b this is your device that <laughs> so, i'm playing the music from it's <laughs> like it's, the song is on your ipod or your and the song was on it <laughs> so i'm like <laughs> i'm sorry yeah. but it really upset yeah. me and I, and that that pretentiousness and that uh that exclusivity really yeah Maybe yeah. it actually was a big turning point in my musical life, kind of the way that I thought about music really? and the way that I accepted music and stopped rejecting And trying to things. be more open. I tried to be more trying open. Trying to be more open. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in our uh, opening promos, we should add a little something like, please come into this with an open mind. Yeah. Because we really want to try to make sure that you can think about things in a different way that in the past you may not have been open to. Yeah. So, so this is yeah. a rant that nobody asked for. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, being a Springsteen guy, let me tell you one quick one about the same something similar. Everybody for years and years and years hated, would never play, and he for years never performed "Dancing in the Dark," mm -hmm. his biggest one of his biggest singles, because um, it was like, no, that's too poppy. That's not the real Springsteen. So you got to play "Incident" or you got to play, you know, "Jungle Land" or something mm -hmm. or this, the this, but never "Dancing in the Dark." Well. You know, you got to be open to that because that's something is important to other, a lot of other people, hundreds of thousands of other people. But, you know, even for years, Springsteen never even played it live until I think the last three or four concert tours where he would he would feature it and it would kill. It would yeah, do yeah. really well. So same thing. Yeah. Same no, thing. I, oh love, I love If you're the, a Springsteen uh, fan, you don't you don't listen to that. <laughs> I love I love the music, the music boys who are like, it's uncool to like the stuff that's popular. Yeah. <laughs> you got to yeah. love that. I get it. If you're yeah. sick of something. That's one thing. Yeah. There are songs that like yeah. I'll hear and be like, okay, I don't need to hear this. <laughs> I don't need to hear this again. I've heard it 80 million times. But yeah. uh, I, 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 I don't between. get the concept of that's popular, so I don't like it. I'm too cool for that. Right. And it's, yeah. it, you know, it, it's rampant with everything, but it's, yeah. it's, it is what it is. Whatever. I think I'm going to not right. do a, a cheesy pop song or a weird song. <laughs> I think next week. For a couple, couple times. I think next week I'm going to. Bring the thunder. All right. Oh, no, because next week we'll be doing, we have a specific episode planned for next week. So the, the next regular episode. Thunder? Yeah, thunder? No, we already did that. The next episode <laughs> that we did, I think I'm going to bring something really hard and heavy and hitting and, and just right. badass to make up so, for One Direction. <laughs> so what is it best that you like about this song? Um, I think I like that pre-chorus where they climb the scale. I like that. Yeah. It's just and the break to be able to sing and and clap. I so. don't love the break. I mean, that's no, because that's what they do during that's the break. As that's well. the part that they sing. But I, I like it when they're singing the the actual pre-chorus okay. lyrics for that. I think who, it's pretty good. Who besides the Backstreet Boys, New Kids, yeah, and besides else, another boy you know, band, sync besides them, who, who could you see doing this song? I you know I, know I didn't even say. think about it. I didn't even think about it. I I need 
Why, do pink. you have a suggestion? Pink. Yeah. Pink. Pink. Well, I mean, obviously you have to have a chorus of people for, for the, uh, the I bet uh, American authors could do a cool version of this. Yeah. 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 And you have a connection formerly, with American authors. We'll talk about Formerly the Blue Pages. That's right. If that's you right. haven't heard of them, that's a fun story um, yeah. for another day. Yeah. But Talented band, though. I think that's who I would go with, American authors. Yeah. Yeah. Be interesting. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. for my my last year DJing, that was one of the last songs I played. The the American Arts song, the "Best Day of My Life." That's a good this song. Going to be the best at the end of a wedding, you know, to just like end it on a high note, kind of thing. After the last dance, kind of thing, and just to do the old. This is this is a good thing, and and upbeat, fun. Mm-hmm. So I I came to appreciate them. Yeah, I can see that. Good song. I can see them doing that. Yep. Um, cool. That's all I got. It's good. Not too deep, but I just wanted to highlight that. So no, 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 no. I know it's going to be with us. All. I'm going to be singing the song. All <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be singing it all night tonight. <laughs> Hence the hook, and it works. Yep. It's got me. So, it's got me hooked. Yeah. Well, thank you. This is a good one. This was fun. Yeah. No, thanks for listening, everyone. Remember, if you want to connect with us, you can email us notlisteningpod at gmail dot com, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at YNL Podcast, or if you just search the name of the show on Facebook, you'll find our page. I'm thinking about starting a group instead of instead of just a page so people can kind of interact with each other a little bit more. Maybe we can yeah, start building yeah. a, a community. That's that's a new thing you can do on Facebook too, right? Uh, yeah, it's only been around Recently. since like the beginning of Facebook, so. No, but there's a new there's a new way to do it. Oh, there's, there's a new way to access it and it's on your homepage now. It's oh, not okay. just like you can do it in Messenger and stuff. All right. Well, we'll take a look at that. Maybe we can get a little yeah. more interaction between our listeners and uh Make sure you check out all the stuff in the show notes, the links. We have links for a special deal that we have with Warby Parker for eyeglasses if you're blind like the two of us. Or it, uh, we have a tea Public store where you can buy T-shirts and coffee mugs and phone cases and baby onesies. and Saw the first T-shirt walking around campus about uh, two months ago. Oh, yeah? Well, before, before the, the break, yeah. Yep. Right on, right on. Yep, yep. Stickers. So they, they're getting out there. Stickers are around the college as well. Vinyl so. stickers, yep. all kinds of good stuff. So make sure you check that out. And if you have any cool T-shirt designs, maybe we'll make a, you know, in the cheese T-shirt or something, something <laughs> that comes up a lot on the show. So um, sh- send us some designs and we'll make sure we get it up on the Tee Public store so people can just buy more stuff. <laughs> all right. So that's that. So thank you for listening and we will talk to you next time. Thanks, folks. Be safe. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.